0: Hi everybody, and thanks so much for joining into the IoT Insider. My name is Dan Cunliffe and I'm managing director of Pangaea. today, I am very excited to be joined by our business development director, Rich Crossingham, to talk about IoT security. Hi, Rich. Nice to have you.
1: Hey, Dan. Thanks. This is a an interesting topic.
0: IoT security. Yep, yeah, a uh, massive topic, and we'll we'll cover off. Well, we won't we won't we won't give it away too soon. We've lots to talk about. Um, but just as a bit of intro, as of um last year, 2020, there were 20 billion connected IoT devices in the world. Uh, and it's obviously predicting we're getting to 30 billion by 2025. And it's one of the fastest growing technologies out there. Of course, as more devices come into play, the cybersecurity conversation just gets bigger. Chris Ramika, our ops direction, would like to call it the IoT growing pains. Um, and probably one of the reasons uh, why he's lost most of his hair. However, um, you know, probably the questions to ask is, you know, what sort of priority. How big is the priority uh, when it comes to IoT security? I think that, you know, it has to be huge. I mean, people are saying that data is the new goal. A lot of people say it's the new oil. But, you know, cyber attacks can happen anywhere. Um, there's far higher stakes when we talk about autonomous things, um, particularly autonomous vehicles and machinery. Um, maybe just come straight into you, Rich, about sort of, you know, thoughts about that and kick us off a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to look at some of the examples, the many examples over the last few years of of security in IoT devices. And that said, it's important to remember how many things we might have in or around us, in our house, in places we visit, in toys and gifts that our children are given that are connected to the internet. And anything connected to the internet represents a security risk. understand. There have been... um, there have been incidents and flaws identified at security events like uh, Black Hat uh, concerning children's toys. There was one, um, I think it was LeapFrog. They have uh, rugged tablets designed specifically for children. They have an array of uh, education, games, ebook apps, apps, things like that. But it was found that they could allow bad actors to track the device, send messages, or launch man-in-the-middle attacks. Um, and when you look into that uh, that problem, it highlights not only firmware and hardware risks, but also software and apps that could have backdoors or unknown issues that the bad actors can then take advantage of. Yeah. So you need to kind of think of the not only the device itself, but the stuff that's going on it, and who's putting it on there, and who you're allowing to to yeah. put onto it.
0: Because, I think when God no, I was just going to say, I kind of think that the people who are making these devices maybe maybe a lot of that focus is around. Um, creating a great experience for the child and maybe not thinking about hold on if it talks to the internet what is the level of kind of complexity that i'm out there putting my product into because the problem the good and the bad problem the internet is that it's constantly moving yeah it never stands still in terms of what can come at you from being out there and i think um yeah you know i wonder if people like you know i'm sure you can talk about mattel or one of these other guys you know who don't really kind of think about that far down the road. They just go, cool, I'm going to put a Wi-Fi enabled modem in there or a, or a cellular enabled modem in there so that Barbie can keep doing the cool things that it does when it's on the road, you know? Yeah.
1: I think you, you, that's a really good point because you've got things that are learning devices, educational devices like these these tablets, and and, and the intent was... Very pure for it, yeah. and then you start to put at some of the other toys. I, I can't quite figure out why. So they had um, Cloud Pets, the connected teddy bears, and they're thankfully now being discontinued. Right. I think in 2018. um <laughs> prior to them being discontinued, it was discovered that over 2.2 million voice recordings had been exposed between wow. parents and their children. Uh, massive, significant, you know, data breach. Yeah. Um, and, and similar concerns were also seen in, in Mattel's Hello Barbie. And for me, it's kind of why you, you've got to under, I just struggle sometimes to understand why someone's sitting there in an in a innovation meeting going, yeah, do you know what we need to do? We need to just get this connected to the internet. you not what things about, like, wait a minute, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Kind of, you know, Dr. Pepper phrase. Yeah. What, what is the worst that could happen if we do this? Yeah, And uh, I was thinking about these earlier and it kind of got me thinking uh, back to uh, the 80s, 90s, child's play films, you know, I Chucky. I so scared of Chucky, e, literally.
0: Alive. I'm, a, I'm a grown six foot four man. I am very scared of Chucky.
1: <laughs> and you think, so imagine chucky in a digital age a chucky that not only comes alive in the bedroom but it can now digitize itself and download itself into other devices yeah i mean you just start thinking it's just yeah stuff of nightmares and potentially good films if yeah. we uh <laughs> ever but get I, that one
0: but i kind of come back to that point of like actually are the manufacturers um you know thinking about all the way through um i'm sure they are i'm sure they are i think the people we've spoken to where um, quite often the connectivity side isn't always front of mind when, you know, I think it needs to be in terms of how am I connecting it? What am I doing to try and make that happen? Um, I think that, you know, as parents, we we want to, of course, you want to, you know, give kids the right toys and with the advancements of smart watches, I know you'll talk a bit about that in a second, but um, smart watches and the ability to, um, I suppose, assumingly, be more protective of your child is actually, you also run a risk of not protecting your child because you're giving them something that's digitally connected.
1: The worry in those is, is, is it counterproductive? You know, what's the end goal? And is the thing that you've just given uh, your child counterproductive to what you wanted it to do? Your smartwatches examples, great. Um, lots of them going around now, something a lot of parents have thought a good idea to help keep track of their children. Mm. Um, but if you can expose personal and location data, you then open the door for various insidious threats. I'll leave it there. But, you know, there are a number that have been identified um, which uh, these devices all had security issues and hackers could then track and call children. And that's the last thing you ever wanted. You know, you've actually created the problem more so than if you'd not given them the device in the first place. So, yeah, it's it's concerning. But... I think you can also then start moving from children's toys to <laughs> to adults' toys, yeah. and I, I I like the segue here because you start thinking, well, what what do I have? And, and um, one of the great examples from, from very recently was, um, well, a great place to start is with Mercedes. <laughs> In the second half of 2020, it was revealed that the Mercedes Benz E Class went to market with 19 vulnerabilities. Uh, these, this enabled, among other things, uh, attackers to remotely unlock the car door and start its engine. And I think <laughs> this was only, you know, four, five, six months ago that we're, yeah. we're seeing things brought to market, you know, big machines that can go on the road and would, you know, take it a step further later, but look at the Tesla and, and autonomous vehicles coming onto the UK streets yeah. this year. Well, Mercedes, six months ago, had a device that was going to market with 19 vulnerabilities. Yeah. And yeah. then 2015-16 <sighs> Jeep, um, they had a, a, an SUV which had a firmware vulnerability. And the researchers were able to hijack the vehicle over the sprint cellular network, and they could make the car speed up, slow down, and even veer off the road.
0: Yeah. And for me,
1: you know, it's, um, it's definitely – Uh, the proof of concept for emerging IoT stuff you need to ensure that you haven't ignored the security of peripheral devices and networks because consequences can be disastrous
0: yeah I mean it's huge I mean I think you know we don't while while we are sort of um, kind of exasperated a little bit in what we're saying but trying to create something that is um, a, a level of seriousness with our listeners because these are things that you have you know most People have a vehicle. Most people have um, a toy for a kid or have given a toy for a kid, you know, and it may yeah. connect the Internet. And I think the point is that actually, while we are in a global IoT company, connecting things, providing solutions for our partners, it is important that we understand these stuff, too, and give advice. right? And so, like, actually, hey, are you thinking about this stuff? And if you're not, let us try and help you think about it. I think it's important to maybe talk a little bit about um, how you know how do we think that people should be addressing security issues or even maybe looking at examples where other home devices may be vulnerable too. I mean, smart speakers has grown far quicker than I think we've imagined, um, particularly with us all being at home during COVID. I, I think more and more people have probably improved their uh, devices at home and gotten more devices for home and smart speakers being one of them. Um, I find it very disturbing, as I'm sure many people do, that within seconds of saying something, I'm probably going to get an IoT security advert from somebody very shortly um, because of because of what's surrounding <laughs> me. I know you've got a bit of stuff and, on that too, you know?
1: And, and it's all of them. Amazon, Google, and Apple have all come under criticism for this, where investigations have found employees at companies can listen on and listen to the conversations that, uh, that have been recorded. And... It's, it's concerning because, you know, the the, the excuse or, or the reasoning for doing it is to help improve the capability of, of the device to understand more and, and work out where it's not understanding it. But I think people would be quite concerned if every uh, thing that you were saying in the home was being recorded, business calls that you could be having, especially with us all working from home, as you said, all those things yeah. that might be talking about brand new IP or trademarks or development or whatever – and it's all potentially being recorded by, you know, any one of the the big uh, tech players that we've just talked about. And then um, I think you know, recently when when you talk about you know, how impactful this is, you know, someone from Google Home talked about um, the reports emerging that Google employees yeah. could capture audio of domestic violence or confidential business calls. And the, the positive side is that they could use the call to alert you know uh, for for a fire for domestic abuse for a break in for those kinds of things and for some of those things you might think you know that's a really positive thing yeah uh, but how do you where do you the draw the line what?
0: yeah where do you draw the line between what's um you know tackling serious problems to actually encroaching on private lives you know there, there's a there's a real kind of difficult way to get around it. I did watch a very interesting um, startup talk about monetizing that for for greater good where you could take that piece but you know back to the security side you'd probably consider that we probably want to not have that stuff be able to be um, broadcast everywhere it wants to go. Yeah I mean I think we've said a lot of that I mean so basically the question is how hard is it to ensure that your devices are secure like how do you actually you know make sure that there are things in place and It is a daunting topic. And I think that, you know, to be honest, there are, there are simple ways in which we can, you know, try and do things to make the thought process and the, and the kind of sitting around new product development. Um, when you consider the security part being, being, you know, not that difficult, you know, the online trust alliance suggests that 95% of cyber breaches can be prevented with certain rudimentary measures. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe we should go through some of our top tips that we can sort of offer people and, at least they can walk away from the podcast today with some ideas. Should they? Should they need? Them? Yeah,
1: I, I think when you talk about that ninety-five percent, one of the really interesting ones uh, that we were talking about earlier was the uh, Mari botnet in twenty sixteen, uh, yeah. and that you know that only became so successful because of its ability to use insecure IoT devices, digital cameras, DVR players, creates a DDoS attack from that, yeah. took down loads of the internet, Twitter, Reddit, Netflix. All that kind of stuff. God, could you imagine being without Netflix <laughs> nowadays? Um, no. <laughs> and Disney Plus and the others. Um, but you know, it was once it had been reviewed, it was entirely preventable if the device's default passwords had been changed yeah. and the software was updated. And it's it's those kinds of things. When you think if if people just update, so I think maybe if we run through the top tips, um, and yeah. uh, we probably address. Most of the issues that yeah. we see
0: out there. Well, you've touched on the first two, which is which is pretty obvious, and like sometimes it's just seen as a chore. But you know, change the passwords. And even me personally, I've been guilty of that, right? I mean, sometimes you go like, oh, just leave it for now, come back to it. But it's actually very important because the improvement in kind of hacks and the ability to try and infiltrate your secure password areas is um, constantly moving every day, and you don't realize it, but you probably have tens of different websites where your passwords are probably similar and you know it just needs to find one and then sort of find its way through into kind of replicating that um the other one is obviously you know keep your devices updated don't fall into the cycle of just hitting remind me later again it's something that personally i'm sure everyone on the call has done it's like yeah i'll just i'll pick it up later because i'm kind of busy with this task right now um it's two things you can pick up on
1: yeah i I think sometimes it's not necessarily the right thing to just go straight for the cheapest IoT device on the market. Um, I, I get, you know, there are budget constraints for everything, but if if it's impossible to change the the the, the already preset password with a yeah. capital P and then a s s w r d, you're you're in a real opening yourself up to a real world of pain. Uh, for later on. So I think, you know, when you're buying something, um, assess what it can and can't do, because there's no way that you want that to be the piece that takes everything else down in in your home environment, in your work environment, wherever it is.
0: Yeah, I I, I would add some of that. Some of the um, interesting companies I've um, come across in particularly IoT security and, and device security are using real world elements uh, to try and improve the way that the security works. So an example would be some of these devices will have a sensor on them that could pick out the weather conditions or the humidity conditions at that moment and then compare that with what it is supposed to be. And if that's not right, then they know that's, that's not exactly what we're expecting to be spoken to by some other kind of incoming message. And um, I find that quite fascinating because It's impossible, well, I say it's impossible, but it's very difficult to get it right if you said what is the temperature to the second decimal point in Miami to actually get it correct or or whatever it might be um, using real-world implicit examples of what the sensor has read and what you're saying it's going to be. It's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we kind of think of security now and when when you watch films that are set, in the future or a few years ago when you're watching films that were set now and people would be accessing doors with fingerprint scanners or biometric readers under their skin or, um, iris recognition. And you think, you know, people have highlighted iris recognition and and fingerprints. They're so unique that it, it adds a a level of complexity that most people don't ever add to their passwords. So being able to add those kinds of things in, um, Make a you know a very hard to beat two factor authentication process. Yeah,
0: Yeah. exactly. Well, we kind of. I mean, one of the other big ones, obviously, a lot of our clients use this with us. But you know, choosing the right IP address structure. Do you want something that is going to be um, easily accessible on the internet, or do you want something that's going to be way more private? You know, um, a lot of our customers choose us for private IP services where. In fact, it's kind of hidden, you know, and it's very difficult. Um, uh, it makes it harder to actually access those devices be- because of that. And, you know, it's a simple thing really, isn't it? It's not a difficult thing to to add on. You can, you can, you can make it really simple.
1: Absolutely. And I think a lot of people sometimes skirt around this issue because they don't quite get what a public static IP or a private static IP is. I think if anyone wants to ask us and, and wants us to help them understand the benefits, the pros and the cons to it, you know, absolutely always email in, ask us the questions and we'll help show you what the best solution is for what you need, you know, security over, um, uh, you know, dynamic capability or whatever it is. Yeah. But um, we're always more than happy to help explain because sometimes people don't want to ask. They're like, oh, no, I think it's right to have this kind of IP addressing, but I would always say, if you're not 100% sure that you know exactly what that means, security and IoT security um, yeah. is so much of a potential risk that you should absolutely ask the question.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and I think probably the, the last tip is, um, you know, if you have strict guidelines to follow or there are particular um, requirements, we've, you know, there are there is, there is a lot of requirement we believe in the market for certain content filters that you can provide, um, where you can be very specific in the things you want to connect to and things you don't want to connect to. Um, even as far as using genres rather than specifics to try and get you through those questions, we, um, we actually look after close to, um, just over a hundred thousand vulnerable homes that need to connect to the internet, but cannot or should not be connecting to things that are probably not allowed, but equally, we don't want attacks towards them either. So looking after those using content filtering um, is a is a really big play. Um, just to close off, um, the UK government actually announced that they want to make IoT devices safer, obviously understanding the increased volumes and particularly those for consumers. Do you want to just touch on those laws that they passed through as well? Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. So I, the law basically states that um, IoT device passwords must be unique manufacturers must name a point of contact so anyone can report a vulnerability which is a which is a big and important one because there are a lot of people now have the ability to report these things and you know people make a living out of them by reporting and getting paid for identifying uh flaws in firmware and software vulnerabilities and i think a lot of people just you me and and the person on the street wouldn't know who to go to to speak about so it's a real key thing. If you spot something and you think it's a problem, absolutely, having the right person to be able to report it to is is key. Yeah. I think the other one they touched on was uh, manufacturers must tell customers how long they'll support devices for with security updates. This goes back to also enterprise level um, hardware where you'll you'll buy it and your life cycle of that hardware will be three to five years, maybe a bit longer, and you'll get firmware. And security and vulnerability updates, and then they'll start their end of life cycling. Yeah. And once yeah. you reach, you know, the the complete end of life of that device, they won't release new patches, yeah. new firmware. And so, overnight, your entire estate becomes potentially at risk. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Non secure. Absolutely. I mean, I also think what it drives is more accountability. In the manufacturers if things go wrong. So so two up earlier about you know the vehicles being attacked or whatever it might be vulnerable, um, you might you might actually have a bit more focus in these things, saying like, Look, I need to kind of sell this into the UK government or sorry, into the UK market, have I got all everything checked out? You know, Am I willing to put my name against that vulnerability if it comes out the wrong way? Yeah, so we've got to expect to see way more vol- um, involvement and security support from the manufacturers. That's what I think is going to kind of you know, hopefully see go in that direction. Excellent. I mean, I think there's more we can say here. Um, then, if you wanted to kind of close off on anything,
1: I think it's probably important to highlight the positive side the the amount of devices that are connecting every day yeah. to the internet uh, and the sheer kind of breadth of, of types of devices, from autonomous vehicles to clever vending machines yeah. to, to whatever it is. Um, and yet, you know, we, we've highlighted some uh, some that are cause for concern, but there's probably um, many times the amount of products that meet that requirement uh, that are meeting the security requirements as well. And I think that's probably um, worth shining a light on because um, we, we can highlight these so that everyone can learn from the risks and ensure that going forwards, you know, there's more security support, there's more involvement, there's uh, more and better uh, IoT security going forwards. Yeah. But also, it's not like we're reading off a list of a, a million <laughs> yeah. different products yeah. that are yeah. all vulnerable right now. So I think, you know, it's it's good that people are concerned about this and, and uh, being mindful of ensuring um, security going forwards.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. And, you know, I think... The more the more we use the IoT, uh, the more good we are driving because of the ability to use IoT to help us make better decisions um, using the capability of what machines can do for us to drive that is the right thing. We just need to keep an eye on how security is and avoid the breaches. You know, Um, I think on that point, Rich. Thanks so much for joining me on this one. Um, Love your insights, and um, you know, sorry. Well, I'm sorry for myself. We had to bring Chucky into the conversation, Um, but anyway. You know, I'll get over it somewhere. Um but to our to our audience and um you know if you've got an IoT solution that you want to secure, head over to our website, check out any of our IoT security blogs, um, or even better, give us a call. It'd be great for you to check out our content filter product, um, our private IP, the various things we can do. Um but on that, yeah, if Dan, you Yep.
1: Dan, I would say in closing, give it a year, Chucky 2022, hitting <laughs> the cinemas, Chucky versus the digital world yeah i can see
0: it now oh man i'll tell you I'm, I'm not going i'm not going i'm just just i just refuse. but um yeah on that note for those who are loyal listeners thanks so much if you're a new listener um please do head up the website or get in touch if you like anything you heard um or uh just getting touch with us through the phone number which is on our website as well um thanks again rich uh, my name is dan kind of managing director thank you very much for listening